What up? Welcome back to another episode of Eric's Mediocre Adventures. Clip cut. Um, I'm, I'm going to be straight up honest just from the beginning of this one. Uh, this episode's probably going to be dumb, and most people probably won't care, because it's just going to be a bit of a rambly talk about my opinions on some things. Um, so I had three things, three potential things that I could have watched that I, that I wanted to watch. I wanted to watch all three by this point, but, uh, th- things I wanted to watch to do episodes on. That was, uh, the third Pirates of the Caribbean movie, uh, the second Harry Potter movie, and then the first Avengers movie, because I had an idea, uh, with those movies. Um, just the Avengers ones. Anyways, I didn't do any of them. I wasn't, I didn't feel like watching any of them, so I didn't. Uh, so what I did is just, I decided to do kind of an off-the-cuff, just talking episode, because I want to try to stay consistent uh, with one every week or so uh, episode. So I just, I, I found, I, I went through my head, and I was like, what's what's some things that I could, like, talk about or rank? So I came up with a few, um, and what I did essentially was I did the five best of something, and the five worst of something in a few different categories. And by best and worst, I'm going to just, I'll probably say it more than once, but uh, when I say best, I don't mean it's the best by any mean. I th- it's something that I like, that I consider uh, to be in the top five, or in the top five of things that occurred to me at that time when I wrote down some things uh, today before, before coming on. Uh, doesn't mean that there's not things that might be better it doesn't mean that uh these are the best in that like they're the the most quality or that they're the worst it's just these are the the five that come to mind for me in 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 this specific category of stuff you know uh so but before we get into that i just let's see if there's any news going on let's let's take a look at the news i know the uh today is the first day of the nba playoffs uh, my prediction to win is still either the Lakers or the Raptors. Uh, I'm hoping for the Raptors. Let's go back to back. You. Uh, today, Jensen Ackles of Supernatural fame, among other things, uh, Under the Red Hood, all that fun stuff, uh, revealed that he has been cast for season three of The Boys, where he's playing Soldier Boy. Uh, who, uh, to my understanding, Soldier Boy is their version of Captain America, which I'm looking forward to seeing him in more stuff. Um, I remember back back in the day, he was someone that a lot of people wanted for Captain America, and uh, he's still some back in the day. He was someone I wanted for pr- pretty much every superhero role. So it's nice to see him stepping into one, and and getting to see all that. Is there anything else new here? I'm just taking a quick scroll down through some random sites. Lawrence Fishburne, not going to be in The Matrix 4. Sad. Okay. Uh, They dropped a trailer for a movie with Robert Pattinson and Tom Holland that I'm sure will be great. I've not watched the trailer yet, but I would like to. Uh, Fall Guys is Sweeping the Nation, a new game on uh, PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox. Uh, The Twitter account for Fall Guys has been hilariously uh, just bullying poor Tim the Tapman, a streamer on Twitch, because he's yet to win a game, and they're just going at him hard 
which is very funny. I, I think it's hilarious. Uh, but beyond that, there's not really much going on. Um, at least not that I've seen. So we'll just move on to uh, to the first of our topics, I suppose. So yeah, the first one. Oh, sorry, my ear is itchy. Uh, first one we're gonna do is uh, five best or five favorite video game movies. Uh, as I said, best is just an easy, best and worst are just easy terms to give these. Uh, it's more just my preference or the ones that came to mind at the time I was doing these, as I said a couple minutes ago. Uh, I'm going to preface this by saying that I'm not counting the Pokemon movies or the Digimon movies, the animated ones, because those are movies based off the animes rather than movies based off the games. Like, like yes, ultimately they're based off the games, but just for when I was doing this, I think they're too far removed. Uh, so I didn't include them. The first is one that I think a lot of people disagree with, but it's a movie that I actually really enjoyed when I watched it. Uh, there's obvious problems with it, but for the most part, I found it enjoyable and, and it made me want to see more, which is what you want movies to do. And it's uh, 2016's Warcraft, uh, directed by Duncan Jones who, if I remember correctly, is the son of David Bowie. Yes, he is. That's cool. Um, yeah, it's obviously based on the, the Warcraft games. Uh, I believe it's mostly based on the first one. And I cannot recall. But uh, the, straight up, to be honest, I'm not a fan of the Warcraft games, which is maybe why I liked the movie more than, than most people did. Uh, as soon as I heard Travis Fimmel was cast, who I'm a big fan of uh, from Vikings, where he plays Ragnar Lothbrok, uh, I said, I'm going to see this. Like, I don't care. I'm going to go see it and, and see what he's up to. And I, I thought it was really good. I thought the, the, the effects and everything, the, uh, the creatures and all that, they looked great. The story was interesting. Uh, the weakest part of the story for me, I'm not going to go into spoilers, uh, but the weakest part of the story for me had to do with uh, Garona and with, I can't remember his name, uh, Khadgar. The, the, the guy who played Khadgar I don't think was a very good actor. Uh, he didn't fit, and I just didn't care about Corona very much. Um, same with uh, the guy who played... Where is he? The guy who played Lothar's son was also not very good actor. and I like. So a lot of the emotional weight was like put into these side characters and I feel like they, it just didn't just didn't really work for them. But yeah, I the movie was was panned critically and pan is panning the right word. Uh it was not people didn't think it was good. Uh, they they didn't like it. It got very bad ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, uh very bad ratings on Metacritic, all that stuff. And the movie did not make any money. I think it Well, no, box office it made almost almost half a billion dollars. Um but I guess it was still considered a financial disappointment, which is not good. Uh, but it is the highest grossing video game adaptation of all time, I think, according to this. I don't know if it still is. I feel like it probably st it isn't anymore. But at the time when it came out, it was. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it was a fun movie and I wanted to see more, which is which is all you could really want from it, I suppose. Yes, moving on to number two is another one I'm sure people <laughs> won't like or most people don't like, and it's the uh, Laura Croft Tomb Raider movie from 2001 starring Angelina Jolie. 
I thought it, this movie was really fun. I mean, at the time, I was eight when I would have seen it, so, like, low bar. And I, I watched it again a few years ago, and I still enjoyed it, but it was not as good. But I still think it's one of the better video game movies, because obviously there aren't many good ones. Uh, I think Angelina Jolie fit the role perfectly. I think that it had the kind of fun silliness that would work for a video game movie at the time. Like, they didn't take themselves too seriously. They had a bit of crack, as, as the people would say. Um, the cast was great. John Voight was in it. I'm not really a fan of him, but he was there, and that's good. Uh, <laughs> it was, again, it was not a fan uh, for critics. Critics did not enjoy this movie, uh, but it was a box office success, apparently. Yeah, I, there's not really much to say about it. I, th I, I really enjoyed it, and I... When I, I can still go back and watch it and have fun with it. It's it's dated, of course, but I enjoy what I do see of it uh, because it's you know it's just fun. Next up is ba -ba -ba -ba. when did this movie come out? 1995's Mortal Kombat. Again, similar like complaints to Tomb Raider. It's very dated, very dated. Um, but the movie's fun. Like, it doesn't make much sense. The acting in it isn't great. The effects are not good. But it's a fun movie. It's just the the classic silliness you'd get from obviously what you'd expect from a Mortal Kombat movie, right? Again, critics didn't like it. <laughs> Most people don't like it. And it spawns some sequels that are truly terrible. But I enjoy this movie. I think you can go back, you can watch it, you can have a good time watching the fights, which are still decent. And, and enjoy yourself, which is what you want from a movie, right? Apparently, I, I, I mean, it made ten times its budget almost, but I don't know what if that's good or not. I'm assuming it was good, because <laughs> they made more. But yeah. That's number three, 1995's Mortal Kombat. I don't really have much to say about that one because I'm mostly going off memory for it. I don't really remember m much of it. I just know I liked the movie. Number four is uh, the most recent one on the list, which is Detective Pikachu. Now, this movie, I don't think, is a good Pokemon adaptation but it is a good adaptation of the Detective Pikachu game, which is kind of set outside of the Pokemon world a little bit. Like, it, it's in there, but it's not. It's a weird thing. But the movie itself is enjoyable. Uh, it's got a decent amount of Pokemon in it. It's not... Like, it's not what any of us really wanted from a Pokemon movie. We wanted, like, an actual Pokemon story with trainers and battles and the League and all that. But I feel like this is a good introduction to the world for those who might not know it uh, Ryan Reynolds is always funny he's always enjoyable to see um, what's his face Justice Smith was good they, he played off of uh, Pikachu well the Pokemon looked good for the most part um, I kind of wish they didn't spoil the Mewtwo thing in the trailer I wish they would have kept that under wraps but you, you know they have to throw everything at you in that to get people to go see it because uh, it's a video game movie, and usually those do poorly. But this one, uh, it grossed almost half a billion worldwide, uh, which is good. So it 
technically it grows less than Warcraft, I think, if that seems right. Uh, what did Warcraft get? Hold on. Hold the phone. Yep, it grows f 6 million less than Warcraft, so Warcraft still might be the number one uh, video game movie adaptation, which is dope. Uh, it's the first of these on this list that have a positive, like an over, a more positive review <laughs> response than, than the rest. Um, it's usually considered average or good, as far as I can tell from the, the critical responses I've seen it. And there's a sequel coming, which, I mean, history has shown us that if a video game movie turns out to be okay, the sequels to it usually aren't. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works. Uh, I'll, I'll watch it. <laughs> I just hope that this the success of this means that we'll get more live-action Pokemon and like a, like a real adaptation of... Um, real adaptation of the thingy the thingy uh, the, the games <laughs> seeing an actual like following someone through the badges and the league and stuff which would be cool beans all right so the last one on the list uh is one that's only on here because it was the only other like decent comic book movie or not comic book video game movie i could think of uh i couldn't really think of any others that that fit here so, uh, it's 2009's Tekken. Now, I don't think, honestly, I don't think this movie is very good. Um, but it is enjoyable enough. Like, it's not terrible. There's some, some good stuff from it. And you can watch it and not hate yourself after. Which is a win, I think, in my books. <laughs> um, I know, a, like, a dog awful sequel came uh which is which is no good but this one i watched it uh, i've seen it two or three times now i, I watched it once myself and then a couple times with friends who want to watch it but yeah i you know it's fine <laughs> it's it's there's worse things i guess uh i don't know it's it, not really much to talk about it was it's, you know it's fine so, uh, just, just in regards to this list, uh, there's some obvious ones I didn't talk about. Uh, the first two that come to mind are Sonic and Assassin's Creed. And the reasons why I didn't talk about those two movies is because I have never seen them. So I don't know where they land, whether on the worst list or the best list. I don't know. I've not seen either of them. So I can't really say. And then there's... Uh, what the heck is it called? Prince Persia. It's such a middling movie that it doesn't make either list, but <laughs> yeah. So but yeah, we'll move on to the worst, the five worst video game movie adaptations. So the first on the list uh, is one that I kind of mentioned already, and it's Mortal Kombat Annihilation, the sequel to Mortal Kombat 1955, 1995, oh my gosh, not 1955, 1995, the, the movie is, is terrible, it's god-awful, a lot of the cast is not the same, um, well not a lot, but enough that you notice that it's not the same, the effects are terrible, the movie makes no sense, I think I've only seen it once, maybe twice, and I would happily never see it again, uh, it's got terrible reviews, 
it's pretty much as close to zero as something can get and it barely made its budget back which i'm assuming if you count everything else that goes into it uh like with advertising and stuff they probably lost money on this movie and it's awful it's shit don't watch it just don't don't do that to yourself the next is a movie i only saw once and i would happily never see it again uh it's 2009's street fighter the legend of chun li so the whole reason i watched this movie is because i am a fan of christian crook from smallville and i thought oh hey i'll go rent this movie from rogers and uh watch it because you know it's good and i'd like to support this this actress i enjoy and it's an awesome movie it's so bad (laughs) the movie's just a mess the fight scenes are terrible all the action scenes are terrible like what are you doing here neil mcdonough why are you doing this like just just run away (laughs) it's reviews are terrible uh slightly better than mortal kombat annihilation but still pretty pretty low down um I know a lot of people were upset with the casting of Kristen Crook because that's not what they expected Chun-Li to be. Uh, yeah, the whole the whole movie is just, is just garbage. Uh, don't watch it. Just don't. <laughs> One review I've seen from, from IGN uh, says that there's better staged and more enjoyable brawls between Peter and the chicken from Family Guy. And that's true. That's true. So... If you want to w- go watch some good fight scenes and you have to choose between Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li, and Family Guy, go watch Family Guy. Because it is awful. Next up on the list is one that I'm sure people will be like, what? Well, why is that on this list? Uh, is Tomb Raider from 2018. Now, this movie really bored me. I found it so boring, and... I was upset because I was like, you have this incredible game, the 2013 Tomb Raider game, that you could have just taken and adapted to film, and you couldn't even do that. Like, they felt like they needed to make their own story and do their own thing and, like, include things with with their father and stuff. And it was just like, why are you doing this? It could have, I think been a fine movie on its own like it was just a, a movie separate from from tomb raider and Lara Croft. but the fact that they they like they played as an adaptation of the of that game and then like changed it and just had a story that just wasn't very good it was just it was really disappointing for me i remember it's one of the few movies and, and this like never happens to me but i was in the theater seeing this and i wanted to leave because i got really bored and i was just like why are we doing this but the like the effects were bad, the action scenes were were good for the most part. But with the like the effects with them sometimes hurt it, and I just I really don't like Walton Goggins. Is that his name? He plays like the the villain in this, and I just I don't like him. I don't like his face, which is a mean thing to say, but I don't. I see his face, and it just makes me mad. And then I hated how like they took the movie so seriously and like there was like no joy in it until you get to the mid credit scene and then they go like too far into silly when she gets the two guns it's like okay let's what are we doing <laughs> what are we trying to do here they're making a sequel to it i don't really know why 
uh, I guess a lot of people liked it and it did well enough that people want to see it. So, but yeah, it's on the worst list for me just because I, I just, it, it was, it was, I had higher expectations for it than I did for like any of the others and it disappointed me more than the others. Uh, the next two things on the list, on the list are, are, are reaches just because I haven't seen most video game movies. Like, for the most part I don't watch them because it's it's just the general assumption that they're bad and I've avoided so many of them because I've just heard that they're not good so the the last two were just ones that I just had to pick from the list that I'd actually seen and that I didn't like uh, the first one is Hitman from 2007 don't really remember much about it I just know that I didn't like it they tried to put like weird like random twists and turns in it that you either saw coming from a mile away or that just didn't make sense uh, and it just wasn't very good. The effects weren't great. Uh, the only really good part was like Timothy Oliphant uh, fit the role well, I thought. But for the most part, like I just I didn't I didn't care. You know. And it was it was just it wasn't a good adaptation of a very great uh, game series. Yeah. And uh, the second Tomb Raider game, uh, movie, sorry, to make it on this list, and the th now all the movies are, have been mentioned in some way, is uh, Laura Croft Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life from 2003, which is the sequel, obviously, to the first one from 2001. I really didn't like this one. I did not like Gerard Butler's character. I didn't like any of what they were doing in the movie. The action sequences were not good, in my opinion. Uh compared to the first one and it was just m more complicated than it needed to be and I just didn't really like it uh, if you want to watch one go watch the first one and leave the other two somewhere else throw them out I don't care uh, and then there's an honorable mention for the worst list uh, which would have made it if I had actually seen it but it's Super Mario Bros I have not seen the movie in full but I have watched or listened to many reviews of it which contains a lot of footage, so I've like seen pieces of the movie, like enough so that I've probably seen the majority of the movie, but I haven't actually watched it, so I'm not going to count it. But from what I've seen of everything, I hate it so much. Like it, it's 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 just terrible, and I I'm sorry that they did that to, to any fan of Mario that you had to watch that. <laughs> but again, it's not on the list because I've never actually seen it in full, so that's why that one didn't make it onto the top five so, and then the next uh, category here is the flip of the other of the first category we did which is it's instead of the five best video game uh, movie adaptations it's the five best movie adaptation um, no, five best movies video game adaptations so like when they take a movie and they make a video game out of it I, did, I, I don't know how to say that. <laughs> I don't know why that was so difficult to say. Uh, this list, I think, would look very different uh, the f for the five best, but there are some games that I'm not counting for reasons, uh, which I will give below. For example, The Godfather Part Two. I think it's a very fun game, and it would definitely be on the list normally, but I am not counting it because it was released in 2009 and it's not really based on the movie like there's some of the movie stuff that falls into it but it's not based on the movie i'm trying to focus more on video game adaptations of movies 
because they are often not great either and it's and it's harder to like find good ones in that which is why i decided to, to focus on those but the first one uh is the only james bond game to get on this list and it's going to surprise some people because i know they prefer the other one uh but on my list is tomorrow never dies for the playstation one i personally preferred this one over goldeneye uh, mainly because it, I was better at it, and this is the one I actually owned. I had only ever played Goldeneye when I went to go visit my cousin or went to go see any friends that had it. And I wasn't very good at it, and it irritated me. This game I thought was really fun. Uh, I actually owned it, and I was able to play through it all. And it was a the movie that I had actually liked. I didn't like the Goldeneye movie when I was a kid, and I preferred Tomorrow Never Dies, which it, now I don't. <laughs> But it's, it's the one I enjoyed the most out of the uh, movie adaptation games uh, still to this point. Even though I've only played like four of them. But it had to make this list because it's, it's one that I have fond memories of. The next is uh, it's a game that I think is legitimately a good game. Regardless of the, uh, the movie video game thing. Uh, which is The Lord of the Rings The Two Towers video game. Uh, I had it for GameCube, but it came out for GameCube, PlayStation 2, and Xbox, if I remember correctly. And it was a great game. You could play, for the most part, as uh, either Aragorn, Legolas, or Gimli. That's who the most of the game was. Uh, and you'd go through the story of the two towers as one of them, or you could switch between them, whatever. But it was so fun. The game was so good. It started you out a little bit before the two hours start. So you start, I think, at the uh, when you're fighting the orcs and the Urukai at the end of Fellowship. It's been a while since I played, so I'm trying to remember. But it's so good. It's still one of the better Lord of the Rings games. I think the, uh, there's only two Lord of the Rings-based games that I can think that are better than this one. Uh, and that's War in the North and the Shadow Mordor game. Uh, but this game is a lot of fun it does a good job of the movie it's difficult so like you actually have to try to get good at it because I remember there was a time where I was just stuck on the Rohan bits where you're fighting the dudes on the wargs just because I couldn't, I couldn't beat them and it was, it's just a general, general joy to play the next one I think is one that I again think is a good game but a lot of people I have learned recently uh, did not like it and that's uh, Enter the Matrix. I had Enter the Matrix for the GameCube, the Matrix series is a series of movies that I really enjoy, all of them. Uh, and when we got this game for the GameCube I was psyched. I loved being able to play as, as a Niobe or Ghost and go fight some agents. like. I, it's, doesn't, it's not saying much, but I remember there was a point where I got good enough that I could just kind of like fight indefinitely an agent and just stay alive, which is supposed to be hard because like, you can't really kill them unless you knock them off a building, which you can do sometimes. Uh, but it, it, it wasn't supposed to be... You weren't supposed to like fight them. You were supposed to run away. Uh, but that's something I was always proud of, that I could actually fight one of the agents. But I thought this game was really cool. Uh, it connected to the movies. It had actual, like, cinematic cutscenes. Uh, but I, I went back and played the game, and I a lot of the issues that, that I, I learned that people had with it are there. It's not, it's not a great game. 
it seems like it was rushed. Uh, there's a bunch of issues with it, but I still have fun with it. I think it's a fun game, uh, especially if you just want to get buck wild and turn the cheats on and then just go and like obliterate some people. It's good fun. Uh, my favorite level that always comes to mind is when you go fight the vampires and you just have a stake and you're just snaking a bunch of vampires. Good time. Good time. The next one on my list is one that I don't know if it counts. So, like, I'm of course, I'm the one who's making the rules for this. I'm making up my own rules as I go. But I don't know if this one falls within the rules or not, as I said them. But it is the Star Wars Episode One racer game, the pod racing game. Uh, technically, it's an adaptation of that scene, but I don't know if it extends past it. If it doesn't count, I would say the Episode Three game, uh, Star Wars Rings of the Sith game, slides right in. It's like a precursor to Force Unleashed. It's like a slightly less good Force Unleashed, but they, you could tell that a lot of those ideas were in the works in that game and you have the fun dual stuff in that one but mostly uh, if it counts it is this one star wars episode one racer uh i remember this game was, was a lot of fun uh the racing was good like it was simple but it was good you could get new tracks you could get new racers and stuff and then once you got sebulba you were good to go to just win <laughs> but like there was like there was damage stuff like all that stuff i just remember was a lot of fun and then you had the arcade version that you could find in the arcades where you actually sat in like the pod and you had the two joysticks a lot of fun great game i really enjoyed it it's been remastered i think and, and released on playstation 4 and switch which is cool or not maybe not remastered but turned in hd or something i don't know i just remember hearing about that but yeah that one is is it's a very enjoyable game and one that I also have fond memories of. The next game, the final one, number five, on this uh, best list is the adaptation of Spider-Man 2. So the Spider-Man 2 video game from 2004. It's, for the longest time, for many years, this was the like the epitome of Spider-Man games. Like it was it was the the climax it was the heights like you you couldn't beat this one because it was just so good even just the random things of you like delivering pizza were just great the swinging was great like it's just such a good game and it it added to the movie but it still mostly adapted the movie which you know is what you want from these games uh i can only think of off the top of my head two spider-man games that are better than it and uh one of them is the Spider-Man PS4 game, which I think is, is the best Spider-Man game yet. But this one was, uh, for a long time, it was the, the, the best you could get. And it stayed fun throughout the whole game, which is what you want. Uh, I remember at times it could get repetitive if you had to do a lot of the same side missions again and again. But that's any, any long game, I think, kind of has that. So hard to avoid. And uh, another honorable mention for this one, uh, I, could, I couldn't put it on the list, I just couldn't, but <laughs> Superman Returns on the Xbox 360. That game, while not very good, is hella fun, especially when you just 
go on a rampage around Metropolis just destroying things with like Superman powers especially when you have the cheat codes on to have like unlimited heat vision and stuff and you're just going around blowing stuff up and fighting people it's just, it's just a good fun time uh, five worst I just decided not to do it because there's just too many to count like there's a lot of bad ones so many bad ones but yeah so I think it's just better for everyone to just not do that because we'll get too toxic and, and you know you don't want that so we'll move on to the third category that I thought of uh, not the third I guess you yeah, know the third I can count <laughs> uh, so this one is book to movie adaptations and I'm going to count comic book movies if it is an adaptation of a story but I cannot remember uh, if any comic book movies actually make either list Anyways, I'm only counting uh, movies uh, where I've read and seen both. So I've seen the book, seen the book, gosh, seen the movie and read the book. Because uh, there's a lot of book-to-movie adaptations where I've seen the movie, but I've never read the books. Uh, and I'm also focusing more on faithful adaptations that were also good movies. Like, the iRobot book is very good. And the movie is enjoyable, but it is not a faithful adaptation in the slightest. Like they, they have practically nothing to do with each other. So I, it's just they threw the title I robot on it, and they took some of the base ideas. So that one I'm not like I'm not gonna look at that. So the first one on the five best again, favorite is a better term, but whatever, uh, is Perks of Being a Wallflower. Now that, uh, I saw the movie first, and then I went to go read the book because I liked the movie, and I personally think that the movie is better. That is just my opinion, maybe, uh, and it's one that people might not share, and usually for the most part people don't share it, generally when it comes to uh, book adaptations. But yeah, uh, Perks Being a Wallflower came out, the book came out in 1999, it was written by Stephen Chbosky, I don't know how to say his last name, uh, and the movie came out in 2012. The reason why I went to go see it is because it was starred uh, Logan Lerman, who was an actor I really like, and Emma Watson, who is an actress I love. So I was, I was on board to go see this from, from the get. Uh, and it's, it's a very good movie, it's very enjoyable, um. It hits you hard at some points, like makes you cry, which is not great. No one likes to cry, but it's still, I think, it's a movie I highly recommend, and it's a book I recommend. I just think the movie is better. Next up, uh, general, like I would say just generally the Harry Potter movies, but then I would be lying. Because <laughs> some of them, while they are still good movies, are not faithful or good adaptations. Uh, so the one that made number two on this list is Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I think it is probably the best adapted of the movies, and it's probably the most faithful. Uh, you, it might be Philosopher's Stone, but just for some reason in my memory, when I look at this movie and I look at this book, uh, Chamber of Secrets is always the one that's the most 
faithful and feels like the best adaptation of these books in in movie form i think like at this point they've the kids are all like fit perfectly into their roles they're much better actors which even though i still think they're good in the first one it's there's a noticeable improvement uh everything just seems to be running on all cylinders at this point and you start getting real deep into the story and the real nitty-gritty with uh with the diary and everything and dobby and the phoenix and it's just just a lot of fun uh yeah i think it's 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 the best adapted of them personally so we'll move on to number three uh so i'm sure i have a lot more to say about chamber secrets once i get to that episode and i watch that movie again but uh so number three the lord of the rings trilogy I couldn't just pick one, uh, <laughs> so I went with all three for this one. A lot of people don't consider these movies a good adaptation, I've learned, like the, the, the big book fans. I disagree. Um, the only book I had read before seeing the movies was The Hobbit, uh, but I, after watching, after seeing the first two movies, I read all the books, and then I went and saw the third movie once it had come out. But uh, I think without the movies... I wouldn't have cared as much. Maybe it's just because I was too young or whatever. But there's just a lot going on in the books that just I don't really care about. And I feel like the movies, when they were writing the scripts of the movies, they're like, what is the general population not going to care about? What is the, like the stuff that's not key to this world that can be taken out and we can still be mostly faithful? And I think they did a very good job of that again just me I know a lot of people disagree <laughs> I've had talks with people about like people I know just myself about it and I know on the internet there's some there's some people who are really up in arms about it still to this day that they are that they are not good and they're not faithful but just for one person who has seen the movies and they've read the books uh I think they're faithful. I like the movies better, <laughs> personally. I think like the the books do a much better job of building the world and and all the the lore and the myth around it that is expanded in the Cimmerian and and the other novels that have been released. Uh, but for when you just look at the trilogy itself and and what the trilogy does, like is trying to do, I think the movies do a very good job of of adapting that. Which is why it makes this list for me. Uh, number four is Silence of the Lambs. Now, this is another one uh, that I saw the movie first, and it is another one where I think the movie is better. I think the charisma of Hannibal Lecter does not really come across as well in the books unless you've seen the movie first or you've seen the show and you have someone to picture as Hannibal Lecter if that makes sense um, like it's what what Sir Anthony Hopkins did I think is what made this so good and it was what made me want to read the books and want to watch the rest of the movies and, and eventually want to watch the show that followed um but yeah, this this movie, uh, 
this movie is considered, I think, one of the best movies of all time, like adaptation or not. And it's the th- only the th- it's the third film to have won the Academy Awards in all top five categories. Uh, so best picture, best director, best actor, best actress, and best adapted screenplay. They won all those, and I think it is uh, is well deserved that they won all those. But yeah, so this movie came out in 1991. It was directed by Jonathan Deem. I don't know how to say his last name again. Sorry. Uh, and it was based on the Thomas Harris novel from 1988. Uh, all the other novels have been adapted as well. Uh, we had the sequel, Hannibal, in 2001, which I don't think is very good. Uh, I'm not a fan of the Mason Verger storyline at all. And so, like, even that part of the Hannibal show, I, I just I don't like. Uh, and I don't think Julianne Moore, who is, who is an actress I really like, I don't think she uh, was a good replacement for Jodie Foster. Uh, then there's Red Dragon, which I think is a good movie uh, and a good book. And then Hannibal Rising, which I know a lot of people don't like, uh, but I enjoyed the, that movie, and I think the guy who played the young Hannibal did a very good job. Um, but yeah, Silence of the Lambs, great movie. It's a movie that I, if, if you've not seen it, you should go see it. Uh, the book, while also good, is not as good. Uh, movie's better. So that's why it's on the list. The fifth one to make it here is The Martian. Uh, the Martian was written by, come on, internet. <laughs> I'm doing this one kind of on the fly. So it was written by Andy Weir in 2011 and it very quickly uh, became a movie as the movie was released in 2015, starring Matt Damon and a bunch of other uh, incredible actors. This is another one where I saw the movie first and then I went and got the book because I enjoyed the movie uh, quite heavily. And I think... I think I enjoy the book more. I, I find the book a, like to be very good, um, but they're both. I think they're both good. They're, it's not one where like one clearly outweighs the other. Uh, maybe with a less talented actor and a less talented cast, the book would have been like much better. But just generally, I think they're both very good. Uh, this one was directed by Ridley Scott, who most people know from Alien and stuff. I've never seen Alien. Uh, I think the only movie he's done that I've seen in full beyond this one is, let's see, uh, Blade Runner, Black Hawk Down. That may be it. (laughs) That may be it. Let's see. Oh, well, Hannibal. I didn't know he directed that. I saw that. In Kingdom of Heaven. Oh, I love that movie. Okay, so I've seen a few of his stuff. That's good. Is there anything else? No. Okay. I don't know why I went onto that tangent, but yeah, um, <laughs> uh, the Martian is just is 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 a very enjoyable movie. The book is very good. Uh, it's science and stuff, and a lot of science that I don't get, so I don't know if it's accurate at all or whatever. But I think it is one. I would recommend uh, for both. Uh, if you've not seen the movie, you should watch the movie. If you've not read the book and want to read the book, go read the book. Yeah, so that's uh, the five uh, best. I have some honorable mentions to this because uh, there's actually quite a few book-to-movie adaptations that I did enjoy. Um, 
and some of these ones don't quite make the list for reasons. Uh, so honorable mention to The Outsiders, Charlie St. Cloud, and Tuck Everlasting. Like I said, they're all enjoyable movies, but in my opinion, the books were far superior in, the, in these regards. Um, you could say that the best adaptations we have of these things yet, but uh, I feel they all had the same problem where the, some of the things they left out were important and uh, hurt the movies by not having them. Uh, another shout-out, uh, honorable mention, to Catching Fire. I think it's a very good adaptation, uh, one of the better adaptations of a book to a movie that I've seen, but it didn't it didn't quite crack the list. Uh, and then final honorable mention goes to Stardust, which probably would have been at the top of the list because it is an incredible movie that is probably up there on the best book-to-movie adaptations, but I've never actually read the book, so I don't know. Uh, I just think Stardust is an incredible movie, and it's based on a book. But yeah, go watch Stardust if you've never seen Stardust. Uh, I might read the book one day. Hopefully. We'll see. We now move on to the five worst. Uh, and the thing I want to preface here, because I, this list might be one that people be like, what? Uh, well, not not that people actually care, <laughs> but uh, when I made this list, it was more of from this perspective. So it's, while the movies may not have been terrible, they were bad adaptations, I think, and in some cases the movies were terrible, of course, but uh, it was more so that they they just did a poor job adapting something, which is ultimately what made them bad uh, which kind of goes against what I talked about for the five best but I couldn't like my opinions colored for these ones like they're the five worst because of the fact that they were bad adaptations they're really bad movies but yeah uh, I also just wanted to note that some of these while they like like I said the movies might be fine they just they disappointed me enough that I considered them bad uh, there are also some that I'm sure are worse, but I don't remember them enough to include them. Like, the one that comes to mind is Cat in the Hat. As far as I can remember, that movie was bad. but And I'm sure it is bad, but I don't remember enough of it to be certain that it's bad. Like... <laughs> Like I can't definitively say anything one way or another, so I just I just chose not to to think of it. Uh, and there's a few others where I did this, the same thing when I was looking up book to movie adaptations. Yeah, the very first one on this list of five worst is Percy Jackson and the Sea of Monsters. Uh, kind of both disappointed me. The first one, Lightning Thief, and and. Uh, Sea Monsters, but mostly mostly Sea Monsters. Sea Monsters was was a ginormous mess where they just seemed to have given up on trying to adapt this and just did their own thing. They're just like, hey, we're gonna just do this and throw a name on it, and you guys will pay to see it because you think it'll be good. But guess what? It's not. Haha. -ha. <laughs> uh. Go screw yourselves. That's pretty much what uh, whoever 
whatever company made this, I feel said. Who I don't even know who made it. Oh my gosh. Uh, Twenty Century Fox. They're just like f you, book fans. So the first, the first one, uh, the Lightning Thief from two thousand ten. I don't think was very uh, faithful either. But it was there's still enough in the movie where I enjoyed it. Like I, I, I can still go back and watch that movie sometimes and be like, yeah, it's not as good as the book, but you know what? I'm okay watching this. I can, I can enjoy it. Uh, where Sea of Monsters is just, it's not good. Even like in its own, whatever story that it tries to be, it's not good. Uh, and it changes so much from the first one, like where they don't even like really fit together, like you watch one and you watch this one and like look at each other and you're like these these don't even go together let alone are they adaptations of the books like some it's like some things they tried to be better at in this one and then other things are just like nah like Annabeth is blonde now cool Tally is the tree now cool but then why wasn't any of this in the first movie and why do demigods have different powers that don't go along with their parents and why is uh why is chronos in this one like what, what are you doing make up your mind if you want to be faithful or not don't just like go back and forth anyway yeah this i, I really don't like this movie <laughs> which which sucks like Honestly, I think Seed of the Monsters is of of the first five books is my least favorite of them, but I still would have expected a better movie from this. And I guess it doesn't really surprise me that Mark Guggenheim was the screenwriter. Like, sure he did some Arrow, but I'm sure he he wasn't responsible for the best of Arrow. I'm just assuming, because like, you did this. <laughs> like, <laughs> You can't you can't be that good. Sorry, bro. But I guess at the same time, some really good people wrote Green Lantern, so I don't know. Maybe it was all the studio. Who knows? Uh, the only good thing about this movie, I guess, was that I think the cast is good. I think most of them fit their roles. Other than I don't want I don't know why Nathan Fillion is Hermes. I don't think that makes any sense. But yeah, it's a terrible adaptation. It's a terrible movie. And I'm very happy to have seen that uh, Rick Rick Riordan or Riordan, however you say his name, uh, announced that they are doing a Disney Plus show based on the the movies, and uh, that he's going to be heavily involved in the production, which is what you want. Hopefully, we don't get an Avatar: The Last Airbender thing where Disney makes promises and then breaks them, <laughs> and that leads to the people leaving, which is what we got with Avatar. I suppose we will have to wait and see. And uh, in, in that case, we will move to number two on the list, which is The Golden Compass. Uh, I think The Golden Compass is a fine movie at times, like on its own, it's fine, but it butchered the source material quite heavily. And I know that is, a, for the most part, because of like. Uh, outside interference and controversies from like the churches and stuff but they just it ch they changed to like it changed enough to where the story suffered 
and and I just like the cast is good. What they did with it for the most part was good, but as an adaptation, it is not very good. Like it 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 suffers because of probably what happened behind the scenes, but it it saddens me because I like outside of Harry Potter, uh, the His Dark Materials trilogy by Philip Pullman uh, is probably my favorite series of books and I think it, they deserved better um, and they've gotten better now with the HBO show but and I guess seeing the HBO show and what that is m- makes me even more disappointed in the, the movie from 2007 which was directed by Chris Weitz uh, and I just am now realizing I think yeah, uh, he's the director of two of the movies on this list, so <laughs> maybe I just don't like him. Uh, but yeah, so the other one is further down on the list, but I guess I'll jump right to it uh, because, you know, the connection with him. And it's uh, the Twilight Saga, New Moon. I, at the time, like before I got there, uh, New Moon was. Like, before I read Eclipse, New Moon was my favorite of the books. So I read Twilight, I read New Moon, which I loved. And then Eclipse was better. But New Moon stayed as, like, my second favorite of the Twilight books. I really enjoyed it. Uh, And this movie bored the tears out of me. I tried to convince myself that I liked it, and so I went to go see it more than once in theaters. But I just, I didn't. (laughs) I didn't like it. It was so boring for some reason. They made Jacob who in the book is incredibly likable they made him mostly unlikable Bella also mostly unlikable so you don't really care like when she's feeling depressed and, and alone and stuff you're like eh she'll get over it I'm sure is like the, what you what you feel but like it's not what you should be feeling anyway uh, it's just like it's a very by the numbers adaptation and I think it's it's fairly faithful in the story, but everything be beyond the story, so like characters and all of that, it's it's not faithful there, and it was just ultimately disappointing uh, and boring. The only really good thing I can think about it is like the the Italy scenes are good, and the scenes with the wolves are cool. That's pretty much it. Uh, like Eclipse, I think it's, Eclipse is the best of the books and the best of the movies. Uh, like the the Eclipse movie is actually good, I think. But um, yeah, Twilight New Moon, directed by Chris Weitz. Meh. I I haven't watched. Like I think whenever I did my rewatches, I always skipped it. Like whenever I was preparing for a new movie, I skipped it. I've watched it maybe once since seeing it the two times in theaters and I and I'm quite I don't really feel like watching it again so that's why it's on the list number four is uh, another series and it's the Hobbit trilogy uh, the only good one of this Hobbit trilogy is the first one uh, the rest of them not great. I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know why they split this into three movies when it could have, it should have been two at most. It could have been one, 
but I think like it could have been one like three and a half hour or four hour movie like Return of the King was but two also could have worked anyways they aren't good it's I don't like, I know there was a lot of like problems going on behind the scenes of these and I'm sure that affected it like especially where Del Toro uh, Guillermo Del Toro was supposed to do it and then he left uh, like last minute and then Peter Jackson had to come in and he didn't want to do it and I think you can you can see that that he didn't want to do it uh, anyways the, like they they changed so much to fit this into three movies where like the magic of the book is lost and you don't care about any of the characters like I remember going to see the third one it's get into spoilers a bit but like when when they when Feely and Keely died and then Thorin died I just I didn't care because it's like this movie is just it's just not a good movie and I don't I don't care about any of these people because the movie the movies to this point clearly don't want me to and then they added all this random stuff to it like they added a random elf love story with Evangeline Lily who I like well enough and, and the character was fine but like why why is this needed like I think I, f I think that that took away from the impact of like the Gimli and Legolas friendship that came in the in the Lord of the Rings trilogy like I don't know why you did it uh, again why is Legolas there there's no reason for him to be there you can still have Thandral uh, yeah that's his name Thandral there without Legolas like by any means like he, you didn't need to bring him in it why like <laughs> it's obvious to anybody that Orlando Bloom is much older like there's there's a obvious difference between someone who's in their late teens early 20s and someone who's in their 30s like obviously you can't hide that especially when someone's supposed to be ageless but I don't I, I just don't know what they were thinking for most of it like the, the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy is all like it's for the most part it's all practical and CGI is only used when needed to enhance stuff like the makeup's practical, the creatures are practical, and in this one they just went full CGI, and the CGI was not good enough like to to make up for that. The only really good CGI was Smaug, until they got to the stuff where they were fighting Smaug, and then it was bad. Anyways, I don't I don't like these movies. Like I said, the only one that I enjoyed was the first one, uh, which is an unexpected journey. And I can still go back and watch the first one sometimes and, and enjoy myself, but I had no interest in ever watching The Battle of the Five Armies again after the, the one time I saw it in the theaters. Desolation of Smaug is fine. It's fine. But the, it ends like with such a turd on your chest that you're like, uh, why? <laughs> I, anyways, that's, yeah. Hobbit Trilogy, number four on the list. Number five, uh, Mortal Instruments, City of Bones. This, you know, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's not great. <laughs> they they tried, and you can you kind of feel like early on they tried, and that they had some some chutzpah, some interest in doing this and doing it well. And then they they maybe they got bored halfway through. Who knows? It falls apart and and it just goes to shit. Uh, I don't know if it was if it's the Harry Potter effect or whatever, but they they 
took like all the intricacies of this of this world that exists in the books and stuff and they like they narrowed it down to its smallest and simplest to understand and then put it put it out in the movie like that where like it's just so basic and I, I someone compared it once uh, I'm trying to remember I think it was pretty much it in one of their videos where they watched it compared it to a video game where this movie is just like it's like a video game and like there's quests to do to get the random stuff like oh we have to get the shields up but oh no the shield battery is missing we have to go find the shield battery to put up the shield you hold off the monsters while I go get the shield battery oh I got the battery oh no but the generator is missing ah like it's it's that kind of movie where it's all over the place uh, again I think they changed enough that it hurt the adaptation the only good part that I can remember about this movie is that I liked Lily Collins as Clary I liked Robert Sheehan as Simon and I liked Jemima West as Isabel that's it um, <laughs> that's it I love Jonathan Rhys Myers as an actor uh, he's like he's in two of my favorite movies Ben and like Beckham and August Rush but he plays Valentine Morgenstern so weird it's like he's on PCP or something like he's high and he's just weird instead of threatening and like and like scary I, I don't know why they did it the way that they did um, I'm also just generally not a fan of the, the little like fake incest thing they do I don't know why they did that at all it's weird but yeah, they I, they just cut out a lot, and I think it's a bad adaptation of a of a pretty good book. I also personally didn't enjoy the show. I tried watching it. Uh, I also feel like they changed too much. And, but there's, I think there's a lot more to enjoy in the show than there is in in the books, or in the books. Sorry, in the movie. <laughs> but yeah, that's the list for the worst. Uh, It's just, it's, they're, they're all so disappointing and they make me sad the next thing I decided to look at uh, is related to movies uh, it's related to the last character but it's the five best booked TV adaptations uh, for this one I decided not to count comic book shows because I feel like they are adapting multiple storylines and stuff instead of doing like adaptations of one thing uh, if I was counting comic book stuff uh, Daredevil from Netflix would be on this list because it's an incredible show and while it took on some story elements from comic books it was it was mostly different uh, also Umbrella Academy would be in there as well but again it kind of adapts bits and pieces rather than being like a like a faithful adaptation so yeah uh, the first thing on the list is Hannibal the Hannibal TV show, which again, I, I, I know I'm kind of like contradicting myself in that it is, it's kind of barely adapted and stuff, but it, it does technically adapt Hannibal Rising, it does adapt Red Dragon, it kind of adapts Hannibal, like uh, Hannibal from 2001, flip those though, it, it does adapt Hannibal 2001 and it kind of adapts Hannibal Rising. Uh, but the first two seasons of the Hannibal TV show are phenomenal, and it's stuff, it, it covers stuff that we know from the books kind of happened because they're discussed. Like, we know, like, the, the Chesapeake Ripper is a thing. We know, um, 
that Will Graham worked with Hannibal, like all this stuff we know, it just had happened already, where the show kind of just like did it instead. So that's why I'm counting it. Uh, like I said earlier, I'm not a fan of the Mason Verger storyline in any form, but I like the show better than the books and all the films. Uh, Sand, Silence of the Lambs, Silence of the Lambs is incredible. Um, the third season I can still enjoy for the most part once I get past the Mason Verger stuff and onto the Red Dragon storyline. Uh, but the first two seasons are really Mwah. chef kiss second on the list uh, is the television show elementary now I don't know if, this one is tricky in counting it because it's a lot of people consider it a reboot of the Sherlock show like early on that's what it was assumed to be was that they were they wanted to adapt the Sherlock show from the BBC to an American one but I think it it moved well beyond that it became its own adaptation of the uh, the Sherlock Holmes stories and novels um, and it's personally the one I prefer I, I like this one ultimately better than uh, the Sherlock on BBC show I like John Lee Miller's Sherlock more not to say I don't like Benedict Cumberbatch's but there's a lot about the Sherlock show on BBC itself that I don't like. Like, the episodes are often too long and drawn out that they get a little boring at times. Uh, entirely too long between seasons. Uh, the last season was not great. Like, <laughs> Anyways, in this show, because uh, I know a lot of people didn't watch it, so I'll talk about it a little more. Um, it takes place in America. Watson is a female, uh, played by Lucy Liu, uh, Dr. Joan Watson instead of, uh, instead of John Watson. And uh, she is hired to be the sober companion for Sherlock, who is coming out of rehab. Uh, he's, he's hired by his father um, to, be, to be his sober companion to make sure that he stays sober. Otherwise, he would get cut off by his father. Uh, which is the premise of the show. Um, and he takes up work again for the NYPD um, to help them solve crimes as a consulting detective. Uh, and Joan goes from being his sober companion to his sidekick to his apprentice and later partner as the show goes on. Um, and it adapts many of the storylines. Uh, we get a Moriarty in this, a very different one, but still a very enjoyable one. Uh, Mycroft is in it. Uh, you get to see some of his father. You get to see some like the Reichenbach Falls. Uh, all that kind of stuff kind of gets adapted while they also do a lot of their own like original stuff, which is, is really good. Um, it went for six seasons, I believe. Seven seasons. Uh, it went for seven seasons. I still haven't watched the seventh season, so I don't know if it ends well, I, but I have watched one through six, and I really enjoy them. Um, but yeah, I like, I like this Sherlock better because he is he is flawed, and Johnny Lee Miller plays him like really interestingly. Uh, it's I think the Johnny Lee Miller version is more similar to the Robert Downey Jr. version of the character uh, rather than the, the Benedict Cumberbatch one. And it's a show I recommend. Like, if watch the first season, which I think is probably the best season. Maybe it's one of the better ones. Uh, watch the first season. If you don't like it, then then probably you won't like the show. But I think if you give the first season a chance, 
you will enjoy it and you will want to watch uh, the rest. The next one uh, is one where I have read some of the books, but I have not read all of them. But I am counting it because I've read the the main books that were adapted, uh, which will make sense once I say what it is. Uh, Dexter. So Dexter uh, really only adapted the first book, I think, and then they did their own thing, if I remember correctly. So the first book has uh, Doctor Dreaming Jet Dexter from 2004 uh, has the ice truck killer in it and all that stuff. It has the stuff with, with everything, but it changes it a little bit. Um, changes quite a lot, actually. But anyways... Uh, Dexter, I think is an incredible show. Um, the first four seasons are gold, like television gold, uh, even though I don't like John Lithgow, uh, which hurts season four for me a bit. But I think it's a great show. Uh, other than the ending, the ending was terrible, and I don't know what they were thinking. Uh, I think the, the show overall is, is incredible. I love the first four seasons, like I said. The first season's a little weak. I love the sixth season, and uh, seven is enjoyable, and then eight is... <laughs> but <laughs> I think it, it... Having read the first book, I think they did a very good job adapting it, and I think they made the right kind of choices of where to change things. Because in a TV show, you, you have different requirements. Uh, like, he needs to be more likable and... You need to be able to empathize with him a little bit more, which in the book is, I think, harder to do because he's, he's like, weirder in the books. And then there's some characters who, uh, in the books, die or don't exist that are in the TV show, and I think they made the right choice uh, in what they did in the TV shows with those characters. The books take a massive, like, left turn uh, after this. Or, like, it gets, like, supernatural and stuff, and it's not great. Um... But the first book, at least, I think is very enjoyable. And, and the TV show, the first season of the show, does a good job adapting it. Uh, number four on the list uh, would be, is limited because there's only one season of it so far, but it would be the His Dark Materials TV series. Uh, up until this point, I think they've done an incredible job. There's some things that are missing, but they're not like story beats. It's more little things like things I think that are probably budgetary. Like the fact that there's some scenes where the demons just disappear. Like they're not there anymore and you can't see them. Or, or little things like that for the most part. But for the most part, this is, it's an incredibly faithful show. Um, it's visually beautiful. It, it gets across a lot of the, like the themes and stuff from the book. The cast is incredible. Um, and they do make some changes, for sure. Uh, which at first I was like, what are you doing? But then I, I realized that in, the, in this different medium, um, it makes sense why they were doing it. Like there's story beats that are introduced really early. Like there's some stuff that only comes up in the second book that is brought into the first one, uh, which I won't say because this is recent enough that I don't want to spoil it. But... I really enjoyed the first season. I've watched every episode, I think, twice now, and uh, I am greatly looking forward to the second season. 
uh, even though it's going to be one episode shorter, which makes me sad. I guess it is a shorter book, so that makes sense. Uh, I remain hopeful of what they're going to do with uh, book two and book three. And it's uh, on the on the pages here is one of the best book to TV adaptations, I believe. The next up uh, is limited again, so it's I'm gonna limit this to a certain thing, but it's the first three seasons of Game of Thrones. I think uh, they adapted the first three seasons perfectly. I think they're as good as adaptations can get, and then. I believe once they realized that the books were not going to be coming out fast enough for them to adapt, and once they got into the bigger books, the adaptation became less good. Not to say the show wasn't still good. The show was still great, particularly like season six, I think, is the best season. But uh, they weren't really adapting it at that point for, like faithfully anymore. They were kind of doing their own thing with like a broad outline. But the first three seasons... Other than like a lot of heavy world building that is in the books, they pretty much adapt everything quite well. I like some characters aren't there, or their roles are reduced, or, or so on and so forth. But for the most part, all the major beats and stuff are met. I remember wishing that they would change some things because there's some things in the books I wanted them not to do in the show. Uh, shout out to Rob, but they did <laughs> so I guess you can't really blame them on it for you know adapting them well um, I think even though they did a very good job adapting the first three books I, I consider the Game of Thrones show and the Game of Thrones books to be like different beasts that are both very good and, and shouldn't really be equated together but when it comes to like add a book to TV adaptations the this has to be on the list uh, and it is on the list. It's number five. Um, I want to shout out, though, uh, honorable mention to The Vampire Diaries. Uh, I think The Vampire Diaries is a very good show that I really like. Falls apart at the end, again, uh, a la Dexter. But I didn't really like the books. I didn't think the books are very good. And it's not really an adaptation of the books. They just kind of took the characters and the premise and then did their own thing. Uh, and again, also to the 100, I think it's the same kind of thing. Uh, it's a good show. I only ever attempted to read the first book and I couldn't finish it because uh, I didn't like it. They did too many different things with different characters. Uh, and it's just like the Vampire Diaries. I think they took the premise, they took some of the characters, uh, and they did their own thing. Which, you know, like, good, good on you, man. Good on you. Uh, I decided not really to do. Uh, worst for book to TV adaptations because I can't think of that many and uh, there's not enough that I dislike off the top of my head when I was thinking about this the, to, to even make a list like none really came to mind so I just didn't didn't do it but yeah uh, that's everything that I had thought of discussing I know it's just this episode was a lot of me rambling and throwing my opinion at you and it's a little different but I wanted to get something up and out there. Um, I will try to get back on track and watch uh, the required movies, at least one of them this week, so that uh, next week's episode can be back on track and something a little, a little better. But if you did listen to this, thank you.
and I'm sorry. <laughs> this probably wasn't a great listen, but um, it was nice just to it was nice to think about these things again and, and see like what was in my head as as being good and bad adaptations of things and good and bad video game movies and all that, especially with um, there's some looming video game movies still to come out, and I, I still want to watch Sonic because uh, I've heard good things and, and stuff, so it was it was on my brain, and I was driving, and I just thought, you know what, this is something I could do uh, to make sure an episode get up. But yeah, thanks so much. You have a good day and stuff. Bye. Thanks, Mediocre Adventures, man.